Good evening. Welcome to Simply Money. I'm Nathan Backrack along with Amy Wagner. We are your trusted financial planning partner and your retirement specialist. We make understanding your money simple anytime. Go to allworthfinancial.com. Nice to be back in the weeks ahead. I'll we missed you. you. Yes, well, thank you. Uh, live and in living color. Uh, you should see me. I look fabulous, but well, tan, uh, tan rested and ready. But in the weeks ahead, I'll give you some of my observations about the medical profession, why it is that at 16% of our gross domestic product to take care of us and give us long health, why we don't get all we pay for, but that's for another show. Tonight, you were out, though, for a few weeks. Was, uh, yeah. We missed you very much. Thank um, you. Glad you're back. Glad you're healthy. Glad yeah. all is well with all you. All in one piece. It was Listen, it was just a little architecture, nothing serious. Everything else, is, uh, including my mouth, seems to be working just fine. But tonight, we are celebrating because for many of you... Not only as, that you're back. Yeah, thank you. But that, <laughs> that, that, as you grip the wheel and uh, head home, understand that May 29th is 529 day because you got the two and the nine for May 29th. It's the fifth month of the year, so... That I'm sure somebody in some marketing department went, ooh, I got this one. Yeah. Happy 529 day, everyone. What the heck are we talking about? Well, for those of you who have a 529, you know exactly what we're talking about. For those who don't, let us explain. This is a tool um, made just for you by Congress to help you set aside money for your children's education. Uh, it used to be, actually, that you could just use it to fund college education, but uh, some recent changes, actually, to it allows yes, you to also fund um, uh, private schools if your kids are in kindergarten through high school. So you put money into a, an account called a 529 account. It's officially a municipal security. Why? Because it is offered by states and that makes it a municipal security. Fine. So every state or most states, I should say, offer some kind of a 529 plan. You put money into a 529 plan. You will discuss in a second. You get credit or, or not, depending upon what state you're in, for making that contribution. The money grows tax deferred or tax free uh, and the reason I say deferred is because if you don't use it for college and you're going to have penalties, it's very similar to an IRA. However, if you let the money grow and then you use it for an acceptable expense, uh, this would be an educational expense, the money can come out and you pay zero on the game. And they've also expanded what you can use these 529s for. I think there was a lot of times when people would say, uh, once they found out about it, well, that sounds great, but uh, it's the rules are pretty strict about what I can use it for, and I don't I don't want to be that restricted. No, actually, there's a lot of options. It's not just tuition. No. Uh, in some cases, you can use it to purchase a computer. Uh, the other things that your kids might need, sometimes textbooks. Uh, I think in some cases, room and board might even be covered. And, uh, you know, say that, Nathan, you had one for your firstborn child. And then, of course, uh, you know, a genius and got a full ride, full ride, full Mm. ride. You can transfer the name on it really easily and it can go to truly anyone in your family. I was always surprised there wasn't a black market. You know, you have a smart kid. They get they get get a full ride. My next door neighbor's kid got a full ride to the University of Chicago. How how smart are they? Congrats to them. So I'm wondering, does he have a 529 plan that maybe he calls up his relatives and says, look, for eighty cents to on the, the dollar, bidder. for ninety cents <laughs> on the dollar, such a discount for you. Uh, you know, maybe there's some little black market in five twenty nine plans. We're being playful, but the fact of the matter is, there was a great concern that if your child did not use this money, then what would happen? All right, let's say your child does not go to college, does not ever want to use a penny of this, and you have no use for it yourself. Yes, then it's just like an IRA. You take the money out. You will pay a penalty. Uh, of 10%, if you take it out before you get to age 59, and you will pay tax on whatever is accumulation. 
that's the deal. So don't overfund a 529 plan, but on the other hand, understand you have lots of flexibility, including, and I might say this, you can take the money, put it back in your name, and then, and I found this out years ago after some very difficult research, golf schools. <laughs> on cruise ships. Who Wasn't knew? Was it a golf school and a cruise ship well, that actually, you did your no, research on? <laughs> this one, there was four or five of them out in California oh. where, where you get to learn how to groom. I brilliant. guess in California, you get to learn how to make grass green without water. Because... Well, listen, you know, my brilliant children, if they don't use their 529 when I get to uh, retirement, I'm going to use it myself to learn how to cook. Because I figure nice, by that yeah. time, I should probably actually figure it out. So, you know, maybe culinary school or something like that. There's lots of things. Right. There's a lot of flexibility it with sounds this like investment you're make, It sounds yes. like you're making a joke, you know, no, the cooking but, school. But no, you truly. can go. You can take continuing yes. edu- education classes. You, know, you can give the money back to your parents. Let's say you get, you're get you 45 years old. You've got some money left over in a 529 plan from uh, when your parents set one up for you. Great. Give it back to your parents. Say, Mom, Dad, here you go. And use it for uh, continuing education or to, you know, do something like learn another language, learn how to play the drums. That would be mine. You're listening to Simply Money tonight here on 55KRC as we celebrate what is a huge holiday, the happy 529 day. And we're seriously talking about a 529 horribly named, horribly named because, of course, it's from some portion of tax code somewhere that someone found. But it's a great tool for you if you have children that you're trying to figure out how the heck are you going to help them pay for college. Uh, There's tax advantages to this. And depending on what state that you live in, uh, things actually are a little better. So Ohio offers a deduction if you've got a 529. Indiana, a tax credit. My friends in Kentucky, sorry, we get nothing out of this except for the fact that it's a great tool to use. Yeah, well, that I'd rather get the tax deduction, too. And if you think it's nothing, think about this. Put $2,000 away uh, for a couple of your kids, $4,000. Uh, you're going to save 7% on $4,000 or $280. Bucks. I don't know who's pay- giving you $280 to put away $4,000 that will then sure. grow without any intrusion by the government. And uh, let's work some numbers because I think sometimes I started putting away, by the way, about $10 a month for my daughters when they were born. Mm-hmm. I, $10 a month, no big deal. I promise you, if either of those women ever get married, which sometimes is uh, up for debate, I've got a nice little sum of money put aside for their weddings. They I can have that. a crazy wedding. And same thing with college. All yeah. right? The greatest gift I've ever given my children was putting money away consistently over a long period of time. Both of my kids, I'm happy to say, without breaking the bank and without me sacrificing my retirement, they got out, are getting out or got out of college without any college debt. That is a great gift. But let's work some numbers because this could work for you no matter what age you are. So let's take uh, uh, 10 bucks a month. All right? And let's do 10 hours, of, uh, 10, oh, 10 hours a week, 40 bucks a month. And let's put that in a 529 plan for 18 years. That will be over $15,000. You'll say, and that's a 5% return. And I can hear you now as you're you're driving home. You're going, yeah, but Nathan, uh, $15,000, big deal. Well, when the average amount of student debt in America is $30,000. You got half of it right there in front of you. You've just got, you've given your children, maybe not the ultimate gift of getting out without any any overhead at all, or any loan, so to speak, but you've given your children one great, wonderful gift which is they will have half as much debt to pay off. They could stretch it and structure it however they want. They might actually be able to get out of college, go get a job, and not feel as if they have to move back 
into your basement. Maybe we should call this win, win, win for everyone. I Hello. like this. Let's call this keep them out of your basement insurance. Yes. All well, right? that's the key. I mean, when you want to look at what's wrong with a five twenty nine, what's wrong with it is its name. Nobody knows exactly what it is. Uh, a third of Americans say you've heard of a 529 and only one in four of you say well i know what it is i know it's something to do with education uh so yeah if it's get the kids out of call out of the basement to help kids pay for college whatever it is that it needs to be named um understand that these numbers stand for much more than 529 they stand for a great vehicle that's worth looking into if you're worried about how you're going to get your kids through college and i i will tell you after a show like this i'll meet somebody the next day or so and go why do you keep talking about 529 plans? They think everybody knows about that. Well, I don't care if they know about it or not. Only 16% of you have put money into a 529 plan for any of your children. And then you wonder why it is when you hear a statistic like $1.2 trillion of student loan debt, more than we have in credit card debt. And the, we just nailed another 100 or tacked on another $100 billion plus to that number in the last 12 months. Why do we talk about 529 plans? Because if you do it, at least when you hear about the problem, you can say, you know what? It's like watching the news. It, it not That happened to somebody else. It didn't happen to me. Simply my point here would be that a 529 plan is a great vehicle and maybe the most misunderstood savings tool in your arsenal when it comes to helping your kids handle the cost of college education. Now, if you're within five years of retiring, our team at Allworth Financial is here to help. If you'd like to schedule a personalized retirement assessment, go to allworthfinancial.com. Click on the free account review at the top of the homepage. Now, how much would you pay to have lunch with the Oracle of Omaha, Warren Buffett, and get all the great secrets, which really aren't great secrets because everybody knows them, but that Besides the point, what would you pay for lunch with Warren? We'll tell you about that just ahead. You're listening to Simply Money on 55 KRC, the talk station. Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Nathan Backrack, along with Amy Wagner. We are your trusted financial planning partners and your retirement specialists, and we make understanding your money simple anytime. Just go to allworthfinancial.com. Uh, a new hack has exposed 885 million mortgage-related records. That would be pretty much any house ever built probably since, I don't know, the Revolutionary War. Are you uh, impacted? We'll tell you just ahead at 643 what this might mean for you and your mortgage. Now, I know the cost of going out is going up, but here's the question. How much would you spend to have lunch with Warren Buffett? <laughs> this is the interesting thing. So this is uh, dinner for eight, or lunch for eight people. So the person who bids and seven of their friends at some fancy schmancy steakhouse in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Smith Smith and Walensky, by the yeah, way. So and I will you tell ask- you, they do have. They might give Jeff Ruby a run for his money. Well, let me just say, um, I think Warren Buffett is a truly very, very incredibly smart man. And I would love to spend some time with him. And I would say, gosh, like I might spend a few thousand dollars on that. You know, if I scrape together everything. No, 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 no. People are paying millions. Millions. Three plus million dollars is the current bid. And this auction has not even closed yet. 
Well, I will tell you something. I, I didn't have lunch with Warren Buffett, but I did have lunch with Harry Markowitz. And Harry Markowitz is uh, the fellow who invented um, what we call modern portfolio theory. Your grandmother would have said, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And your investment advisor will say it's asset allocation or how it is that you distribute your money. But Harry won a Nobel Prize. I had lunch with Harry. I asked him what all this stuff like Monte Carlo theory meant. Oh, look at you. Yeah, you know what he looked at me? He looked around the rooms and made sure nobody was watching. And yeah. he goes, it makes the client feel special, doesn't it? <laughs> In other words, he wasn't buying any of it. But, That's you know, so funny. So I, so I learned, something, learned something from him. But Warren Buffett, look, I will tell you something about Warren Buffett. If you pay $3.5 million to have lunch with Warren Buffett, I promise you, you will be disappointed. Not because of what he will tell you. But the fact that what he'll tell you is so common sense. And you've heard it from everybody. And there's no secret sauce, right, that he has. It's just common sense, long-term smart investing. Now, there was a guy who had lunch who bid on this because they've been doing this for several years now who it did pay off for. You want to know why? No. I mean, yes. He got a job. He oh. got a job working for Warren Buffett, and when Warren Buffett is three and a half million, wait, three and a half million won, dollars. To he tech. actually won twice, paid two plus million dollars, and then ends up. So it must have been some lunch because the guy ended yeah. up getting hired on. Uh, so it all worked out for him. And now, at some point, when Warren Buffett is no longer making investment decisions, this guy will likely be the one who takes over for you him. You want a cheaper date? Look up a guy named Charlie Munger. It's Warren Buffett's partner, and Charlie Munger does not get all the press that Warren Buffett does. He's written some fabulous books. Cheaper date. Cheaper date. I was going to say, Nathan, they can give you a call. And about how to keep it simple. That's what I love about Charlie. He'll say, you know, don't get upset. Don't be jealous. Live within your means. Real Simply Money stuff. So I actually have a favorite. It would be Charlie, not Warren, but uh, there you go. Now, uh, every week we dip into the Simply Money mailbag, answer some of the questions that you have sent us over the previous week. And if you have a question, you can always send it to us at education at allworthfinancial.com. First question we took is from Cara in Oakley. She says, my father passed away and left me $500,000. That's a pretty good head start for whatever it is you'd like to do that's called retirement. Some of it is in P&G stock, which, by the way, she's not going to touch. What should I do with the rest? And, you know, Socrates uh, once had a great way of arguing. He said, if I buy your con- uh, your assumptions, I'll buy your conclusions. So I guess if we just assume that uh, Carr is right, she should keep the 200 grand in P&G stock, then I guess we could give her recommendations on everything else. But you know what? That's not her nature, is it? Yeah, no, no, no. Because the problem here, and listen, Carl, we have seen this time and time again, especially here in Cincinnati with Proctor stock. Um, you know, if this is your father who passed away, uh, he may have worked for Proctor, or you guys might have just grown up on Crest Toothpaste and Tide, and you feel really strongly about this company. Your dad might have had an amazing retirement based on Proctor. There is an emotional tie that a lot of us here in Cincinnati has to this company, to Macy's, to Kroger, to whatever it is, because we live live it, we breathe it, we see it, we love it, we Listen, support it. the company has been here since they started in the Mill Creek, taking beef tallow from the stockyards that aren't here anymore and turning it into a soap that floated so they could have it for the troops before we had the war with Mexico. That's only how far it's back. It's been a while. We, it's been a while. It's in, our, <laughs> it's in our blood. It's on our skin. It's, it is Cincinnati. And the stock flirting in the last couple of weeks with an all-time high. Yes. Okay, so, you know, you could say, well, you're an investment genius. Look at you. You know, it's a, uh, look how great the investments have done. Trees don't grow to the sky, and having 40, 40% of your money, which is what 200 grand of her inheritance would be, having 40% of your money in one place at one time, if things don't work out perfect. 
Why would you take everything else you could do could be extraordinary. The money you invest in bonds and overseas could do fabulous. It won't matter one bit. If Proctor stubs their toe, gets into another proxy fight as an example, all of a sudden finds that the shave club and everybody else has figured out how to eat their lunch for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, uh, then all of a sudden 40% of money is going nowhere. So get diversified. Have cash. Have some U.S. Treasuries. Have some bonds. Have broad-based stocks. And don't be emotional about your investments. It's so easy to have an emotional attachment. I have a really good friend. Same kind of a situation. Their mother was gifted some stock. The grandmother said, you can never sell this stock. And she watched it absolutely tank in front of her face before she ever ended up selling just because of that emotional attachment. And it can happen. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Nathan Backrack along with Amy Wagner as we answer your questions from the Simply Money mailbag. Next question comes from Stan in Anderson. And I think Stan's question should go into the Simply Money Mailbag Hall of Fame or maybe Hall of Shame. Here's Stan's question. said he's 53 years old, just got laid off, which I'm very sorry to hear after having worked 20 years for the same company. Unfortunately, not an unusual story, nor is his solution. He says, should I withdraw funds out of my retirement account so I can pay off all my debts, the mortgage, the car, the credit cards, and then I won't have to worry if it takes six months or a year or however long it takes in order to get back on my feet? Stan, no. No. Stan, no. No. No, no. No, no. Don't don't borrow from your future self uh, to deal with an issue that you're dealing with right now. First of all, you could get another job, and we certainly hope you do. Uh, the, I mean, the job market is good right now uh, in the next few weeks. This is why, Stan, we always say an emergency fund is crucial. Because you never know. you're 53. It could happen to someone at 37. At 62, we see it all the time. And you would not even have a decision to make at this point if you had an emergency fund. We say three to six months of critical living expenses because this is going to happen to most of us at some point. Yeah. Yeah, People walk into uh, the offices at All Worth Financial all the time and they say, well, I'm going to retire 65 or 70. I wish I could just, you know, look at him and if I and laugh and go, ha, 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 guess what? Ain't going to happen. Average retirement age is 62 if you're lucky. Ask, watch people from Procter & Gamble. See if anybody makes it. The only people who make it to 62 are the folks at the top who are making gazillions. Everybody else seems to get a retirement offer somewhere mid-late 50s. Nobody gets to 62. So you, you should be planning on that. But here is the most important thing that I would say to Stan. Take a dollar bill, Stan. And I want you to hold it in front of you and rip it in half. Because if you're headed to any kind of a decent job and you're a 30% tax bracket, and then you got some state and local you can throw on top of that, and then you got a 10% penalty because you're taking money out of this thing, assuming you're not 55 or older, then guess what? You're ta- in order to pay off all of your debts, you're not paying 3 4 5 6% like you would on a mortgage or a home equity line of credit or something. No, you're paying almost 50%. And if I ripped up money in front of you, and I've done this in, in front of large groups, they go, oh, what are you doing, Nathan? Well, that's what you do when you take money out of a retirement plan and come up with think this is the genius way that you're going to solve all your problems. It ain't going to happen. So, Stan, that question, we will retire, though, unfortunately, we'll stick his head up every once <laughs> we'll in a while. We'll see it again and again and again, and, and we'll the see. answer will always be the same. It's the mirage on the horizon. If you're within five years of retiring, our team at Allworth Financial is here to help you. And if you'd like to schedule a personalized retirement assessment, go to allworthfinancial.com. Click on the free account review at the top of the homepage. Okay. Maybe uh, you don't know what it means to get hit by a uh, Medicare penalty, where we're going to tell you what it is and how to avoid it just ahead at 634. You're listening to Simply Money on 55KRC. 
You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC. We are your trusted financial planning partners and your retirement specialists. We make understanding your money simple anytime at allworthfinancial.com. One thing that is not simple, Medicare. There is part A, part Z, part D, part everywhere (laughs) in between. Uh, And there's also some penalties that can come along if you don't do things exactly the right way. So joining us tonight to shed a little light on this to make sure we are doing this exactly the right way. Jen Moser, Senior Account Executive for Retirement IQ, a local retirement health plan advisor. Uh, Let's get to um, this Medicare. First of all, we're talking about a Part B penalty tonight, but let's look at the differences between what Part A is and what Part B does for you. Yeah, so very high level. Part A is going to be your inpatient hospital care, skilled nursing facilities care, hospice care, and some home health services. That's going to be what Part A typically covers. Part A is typically premium free for most Americans as long as you've worked at least 10 years or your spouse has. Part B is where it starts to get mm -hmm. complicated because this is where you have some options. Uh, And I think a lot of us or a lot of you assume that Medicare is free, right? Right. Because all of the Medicare is free. Mm -hmm. Yet, okay, yes, your your hospital visits are good to go. um, But what about that doctor? What about that specialist? What about that prescription? All of those things are covered under different parts of Medicare. Right. Explain what Part B does yeah, for us. Yeah, so Part B is going to, t- to cover your physician services. So again, easy way to remember this. Part A is going to be, generally speaking, your hospital coverage. Part B is going to be your physician coverage. Part B also includes some preventive services in that. And Part B, the big difference here is there is a premium associated with that. So it's going to be dependent on your income levels. For example, this year, um, the the lowest level income bracket, it costs $135.50 a month for Part B. Per person. Per person. Because I think a lot of us are used to paying by the couple, by the family. Right. So if, if both of you are going into retirement at the same time, you have to understand you're going to pay two premiums. Right. Okay. Uh, so that is what Part B is. So why the heck is there a penalty? Yeah. So really, the purpose of this is to ensure that our aging Um, Americans have the coverage that they need during the time of life where honestly things are going to possibly go wrong, Mm -hmm. right? We're getting older. There's more health issues. Um, They want to make sure that consumers all have the coverage that they need to protect them in those retirement years. With that said, they do expect you to pick up Medicare when you turn age 65. So there's going to be a penalty if you decide to go without coverage. Now, a big, an important piece of that pie is that if you have employer or union coverage available to you, you're not going to face that penalty. In fact, there's a whole process that they have the Social Security office go through to ensure that you are waived that penalty if you don't enroll in Medicare until, let's say, 67 or 68 years old. Um, and there's a form that you have your HR team fill out to confirm that you've had this coverage available to you. So you know that you're good to go. That's you're right. listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC this evening as we talk about um, Medicare Part B penalty. Um, you, you mentioned that, okay, this is essentially the government making sure that you're taking care of yourself and you've got yourself covered in that place. Um, but what kind of a penalty are we talking about here? Yeah, we're looking at 10% of the standard Part B premium. So... And that's a for life penalty. So that would be basically tacked onto your Part B premium every year. So it's pretty significant. You know, it's a bigger number of, you know, wasting more dollars in retirement than you need to. So that's why it's really important that you are looking at this early. You're figuring out when you need to sign up um, and going from there with an advisor you trust. What happens um, if you realize you've made a mistake? Is there a way to avoid this penalty? There really isn't. That's the best advice is to start 
looking and educating yourself early to know what you need to do and when. Okay, you're listening to Simply Money this evening as we talk about uh, Medicare, a Part B penalty. You know, as we talk about Part A versus Part B, another part that comes into this is prescription coverage, um, which is a completely different part, which is where kind of retirement IQ really shines is you've got a lot of options when it comes to this place. And let's face it, even the most astute person who has planned and planned and planned and planned for retirement cannot understand this inside and out. You know, a great example of this is Ed Fink, one of our founders uh, who just retired last year, has, you know, helped you know, hundreds and hundreds of people successfully crossed that line into retirement. And when he got to that Medicare place himself, uh, was like, oh, my gosh, there is so much to this. Uh, and that's what you guys do. Right. That's right. Um, you know, we have an entire team dedicated to really look at how, like, what what exactly does it goes into play into that special formula for Medicare as to which plans make sense for that individual. So we look at their prescriptions, we look at the doctors that are important to them, and then we make a recommendation based on those needs to really find the right plan for them in retirement. You know, we talk about this kind of help, and it's, you know, uh, not a widespread thing that people know is out there. Uh, so they're going to want to know about costs, right? How much am I going to have to pay for this? Um, so for the services of Retirement IQ, the best part is that we are no cost. So we do not charge our employer partners. We do not charge our individuals that are coming into us to work with us, and we don't charge our clients for our services. So the way we get paid, we are a for-profit organization we get paid when we enroll an individual into a Medicare plan. Um, basically, there's a commission built in that is highly regulated by the federal government where the private insurers can then pay a commission out to organizations like ours. You're listening to Simply Money this evening as we've been uh, talking about the Medicare Part B penalty. Understand how this works before you get close to that age so you don't get hit with it. Uh, you know, Nobody wants to have to pay something that you shouldn't have had to pay in the first place. You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Amy Wagner, along with Nathan Backrock. We're your trusted financial planning partner and retirement specialist. We make understanding your money simple anytime at allworthfinancial.com. Does checking your credit score hurt your credit score? We're going to break that down for you and tackle other credit myths. That's ahead in 10 minutes. Buying a home. Listen, I'm going through it right now. Complicated process. It involves sharing sensitive information. Hackers want that information. So how can you protect your financial self? Joining me tonight to help us look at that, Steve Sprovac, a certified financial planner on the Allworth team. You look at, Steve, the information that you have that's out there about you. You know, we've had hacks at Target, DS, everywhere that you can imagine. Sure. A lot of the times it's your password or your full name, but you think about the sensitive information. You have to disclose you everything. You just went through this too. I did. Uh, absolutely. You you have not to disclose. Not the hack, the house buying. I hope not the <laughs> hack. No, you have to disclose everything when you're yeah. buying a house. I mean, everything is laid out and, and it, apparently about 885 million mortgage-related files stretching back over a decade, a decade, were exposed by First American Financial Corp. 
They're one of the country's largest title companies. Yeah, so if you've bought or sold a house over the past few years, over that last decade, there's a pretty decent chance that First American had a hand in it. Uh, and we're talking about Social Security numbers, everything, driver's license numbers, your bank accounts, uh, mortgage and tax documents, any, you know, those critical, sensitive documents that are part of this process. And, and you know, in, on one sense, I'm outraged, but in, in another sense, you kind of feel like this is happening all the time, and yet you, you just, you know, you, you you feel almost immune to it. Well, it's like it, if it's, you could be outraged, what, what but if you were outraged, you'd have to be surprised. I know, and you're not surprised. You're not by surprised it. anymore. No. Yeah, yeah. So what do, what do you do? I, I mean, I suppose you can freeze your credit. There's a lot of people who still don't use LifeLock type services. I think you're nuts if you don't have some sort of credit monitoring service. I I got about five pings last week over my move, which most of them were just alerting me, okay, there's been a change of address. Did you did you do this yourself? Yeah. Uh, okay, that's good to know. Somebody's watching. But if you don't have a service, you don't know if somebody's hacking you. Well, here's the problem. I think for a lot of you, you're busy and you're on autopilot. Yeah. And so most of your bills and most of the things just probably go automatically paid by your credit card. And you're not necessarily checking things. You may not look at that bank statement on a monthly basis when it comes in because there's a whole stack of other papers you haven't gotten to yet either. You have to make sure you're keeping an eye on things and truly, unfortunately, yeah. going through it with a fine-tooth comb to see if there's anything wrong. Listen, we, we live busy lives, but and maybe I take it a little too far, but I save my receipts whenever I use an Amex or other type of credit card, and I match them up. And if something doesn't make sense, if there's a charge and I don't have a receipt for it, I, I start getting a little bit, a uh, little bit panicked. How often have you found an issue? Have has there been an issue because you do that? Because I would like to say I'm really good about doing that. In but every, I'm not. in every case, it's been because I lost the receipt. <laughs> but, uh, but here's a, here's a good example. My, but you're still checking. My, my wife, she, she had an issue because she saw a charge and she didn't recognize where the charge was from. So she went ahead and and called up Amex. They canceled her card, overnighted another one. Um, she felt really good until about 20 minutes later, and she realized, oh, that was the gift I bought my nephew for graduating up <laughs> in Minnesota. Oh. And, and she bought it through an online service that used a different name oh, on the charge. That's tricky. So that's where you just got to pay a little bit of attention. If you yeah. sign up for a 5K, it might might be something totally unrelated to the name of the 5K. Yeah. So you don't always have a receipt, but uh, it's, it's better to err on the side of caution. Credit card companies are getting better about this. You know, you're talking about the fact that you were just, you know, paying several times because there was kind of irregular activity. Yeah. I was in Louisville, this was months ago, with my kids um, buying gas. And I'm thinking, why is my credit card not working? Yeah. I'm just, you know, and yeah. I go to three different gas stations and it, it turns out, uh, you know, it was actually sending a message to my husband's phone, no um, you know, that, hey, you know, this is being used somewhere where it's not normally used. But the deal is you can't rely on no, someone else no. to catch a mistake for you. No. This critical information is out there about you. And the problem with it is, um, you know, when it was just maybe your name in an account password or your email address out there, that can do some damage, yes. But there is a, a picture of you on the dark web. And as you piece it together, the pieces of your financial picture are your home address, 
your social security number, your date of birth, your driver's license. Once all those pieces are put together of you out there, mm-hmm. very serious damage. Well, can and, be done. and the bad guys are getting smarter. I, I mean, I could tell you an example. Why is that? Well, <laughs> there's, why can't there's the money smart guys there. who catch the hackers uh, stay I ahead? I, I, I know, but I, I can tell you of someone, retired pilot, very intelligent guy. This is not an 80 year old early stage Alzheimer's issue. This is an extremely intelligent guy. He got a phone call. He was having issues with his computer, and unfortunately, he let the person on the other end of the line control his mouse. Mm-hmm. Immediately, his computer was wiped out, ransomware. You want to get the stuff back, it's going to cost you money. Yeah. Um, it can happen to the best of us. Yes. Be careful. Don't ever let anybody control your computer. A few things that you can do. Freeze your credit. See if you mentioned that. You know, But not only freeze yours. Freeze your kids, especially if you've got kids who are under the age of 18. Their credit information is like the holy grail to these kinds of hackers because, you know, you're going to apply for a new credit card. You're going to take out a loan in the next year or two. So if something happens to your credit, you're going to figure it out sooner or later. If you have a a four-year-old or a four-year-old grandchild, Mm -hmm. um, it would likely be until they apply for college, you go to buy that first car, whatever it is, before they ever even have to access this information. Think about what kind of damage can be done in the meantime. Well, and I hate to sound like the old guy, but the next generation just doesn't pay attention to this. They, yeah. It's just part of the game. Yes. you. They need to pay attention. You need to pay attention. Yeah. This is something we all have to take seriously. One thing you can do, uh, change your passwords often. It's a pain. Uh, I've had to start keeping a document that I update pretty regularly because I couldn't keep up with my passwords anymore. (laughs) I I, I know. And I've gone on uh, to two-factor authentication. Yes. So this is where you get pinged on your your cell phone with a number that's only good for a few minutes. And that allows you to get into whatever you're, you're trying to access. Sounds great. Don't forget your cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> I did yes. that one morning. You <laughs> and you're not getting that. anywhere. You can't even get into you your own get, information. Yeah, oh, my exactly. goodness. Well, just know um, that this information is out there if you bought a house in the, next, in the past 10 years, if you're buying one now. Um, really nothing you can do to make sure it doesn't get out there. All you can do is be proactive that if something is going to happen to you, you're going to find it out pretty quickly because you're going to be all over it. Here's the Simply Money point. Your information, unfortunately, is probably already out there. Consider freezing your credit update your passwords regularly, and check your bank accounts. Make sure you're keeping an eye out for suspicious activity. Well, some credit myths just won't die. The methods that will and will not help your score, we'll tackle that just ahead in three minutes. You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Amy Wagner, along with Nathan Backrock. We're your trusted financial planning partner and retirement specialist. We make understanding your money simple anytime at allworthfinancial.com. Does checking your credit hurt your score? Well, does bearing, does carrying a balance raise your score tonight? There are lots of credit myths out there. We're going to help bust them for you. Joining me to do that, Steve Sprovac, a certified financial planner on the Allworth team. Steve, one of the craziest ones that makes me crazy mm. is when people say, well, I carry a balance on my credit card because it actually helps my credit score. I, I wonder if people really believe that or that's just their excuse They just want to tell themselves yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a benefit that I'm not paying off this credit card. Um, but there are a lot of myths. Yes, and there are. And this is a, this is a big one. And I've, I've heard this one before. Uh, so, no. Actually, you don't want to carry a balance on your credit card ever. In fact, the key is you want to be the worst customer of that credit card company. You want to pay those bills on time, Mm -hmm. and you want to uh, pay them in full. If you can do that, 
you're doing well. Now, if you want to raise actually the score when it comes to uh, what's available to you as far as a credit card, you can actually call your credit card company and ask them to increase the amount of credit available to you. Then you don't spend another yeah, dime. And, and this sounds counterintuitive yes. as well as don't don't cancel the old credit cards that you don't use anymore, which made no sense to me when I first heard this. But it's true. What the, what the credit score, one, one of the things that helps your credit score is utilization. If you've got a huge line of credit and you don't use it more than a couple times a year or pay it off in full, um, that helps your credit score. Yes. Yeah. And you can actually call the credit card company. And a lot of times, if you have been a good customer, um, they'll they'll actually increase the amount of credit available to you. And then again, the key, don't use much of it. Uh, and you're going to be in good shape. The problem here, 22% of you who carry a credit card balance believe it actually helps your credit score. No, we're busting this myth tonight. Here's another myth we want to talk about. Checking your credit score hurts your score. No, not no, at all. No, no, <laughs> check it check it early and often. Yes, It's like voting exactly. in Chicago. Yeah, you can check your score as many times as you want. It's not going to hurt your credit score as long as you're not having like a mortgage lender check your score, as long as exactly. you're not opening credit if, card after credit card. If you're out there borrowing money left and right to, to check your credit score, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, ding, you're, ding, ding. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, a website we like to use is creditkarma.com. And, and it very simple, checks your score, does not ding you because you're not borrowing money. You're just checking your score. Well, and you know, I have to understand what a credit score is. And it actually is, is talking about how responsible you are with the credit that's right. available to you. Checking that credit score, checking your credit report. These are responsible things that you are doing mm-hmm. to make sure mm-hmm. that there are no errors, no mistakes. Uh, so these are good things to be doing, Here, not bad the, things. Here's the other thing I learned. I had a credit card I, I just didn't use anymore, and I was ready to cancel it. And, and a friend of mine at the credit union here uh, told me, no, no, keep that open. Matter sure. of fact, you might want to increase the, the credit limit and just use it once or twice a year to keep it active. Get a gallon of gas or yep. something every once yep. in a while. That's all you Charge have to do. 20 bucks on it, pay it off, and, and your credit score goes up. Here's another thing that a lot of you don't understand. You might think that the more you make, right? The, the bigger that paycheck is, the better your score will be. Um, your income has nothing to do with your credit score whatsoever. No, don't be ashamed of making more money. Don't turn down the raise, but sure. yeah, it just doesn't increase yeah, your, your score. Yeah, this doesn't go up. There's yeah. not hand in glove here. The credit card or the uh, amount that you make goes up and so does your credit score. No, actually, again, this is a measure of how responsible you are with the credit that's available to you. You know, nothing it's the age old. If you don't need the money, you, you, you're going to be offered the money. Right? You <laughs> exactly. Know, when you need it, so so when when you're when you've got a good credit score, maintain that credit score, pay your bills on time, don't get yourself in trouble, don't miss payments. That's the bad one. Another myth is um you know the score that you see is the same exact score that someone else is going to see if you're trying to get a mortgage or open yeah. up a credit card. Yeah. First of all, they change daily. Uh, you know, which yep. is crazy. Um, but then second of all, there's a number of scores out there uh, that make yep. up your score. What you see is a ballpark of what someone else is going but, to see. But I'll, t- I'll give you a good tip out there. If you apply for a loan or a credit, and, and let's just say you're working with a local bank or credit union, most of them will give you a copy of what they received on your credit score, and it's a lot more detailed than what you'll what you'll get on freeannualcredit.com. Yeah, you can ask for that, um, but you know, be glad about checking. Uh, you've been listening to Simply Money on 55KRC.